Welcome to the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast by Venus O'Hara. I'm here to welcome you into the world of orgasmic living by hosting experts to discuss orgasmic topics such as nutrition, spirituality, personal development, sexuality, and much more. Here, we will offer lifestyle lessons that can help you lead a fulfilling, joyous, and orgasmic lifestyle. I'm your guide, Venus O'Hara. Welcome to the 65th episode of the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast with Venus O'Hara. In this Wolf Moon episode, we'll be discussing erections and aging. We'll be speaking with Dr. Elliot Justin, the founder of FirmTech, the first sex tech company dedicated to improving men's erectile fitness. Then we'll be discussing the book, Be a No Bullshit Guide to Increasing Your Self-Worth and Net Worth by Simply Being Yourself by Jessica Zweig. The episode ends with a guided meditation with affirmations for virility. But first, let me share with you my experience with erections and aging. Let's talk about erections and how they relate to aging. I met today's guest at the sex tech fair in Berlin last year, and he presented a graph about age and impotence. And I was fascinated when I saw this graph, and um, we will explain more about it in the interview. But as soon as I saw it, I thought, wow, I really have to interview Elliot Justin. And this is because, um, you know, last year, or maybe the year before now, I interviewed Susan Bratton, who describes herself as an orgasmonaut. And our episode talks about how to age orgasmically from the female perspective. And now we have the male perspective today, which is absolutely fascinating and how to keep things going in the bedroom. But irrespective of gender and sex, I think as we age, we have to kind of adapt our sexual practices. And this, this, these adaptations can come about fairly naturally. But I remember when I was, let's say, late teens, early 20s, sex was about marathon sex. It was all based on penetration and repeating several times during a night and maybe using five condoms in a night, something like that. But then as you get older, I think there is more, well, in my case, anyway, my experience, there's a little bit more emphasis on foreplay. I don't really like the word foreplay. It seems to imply that penetration is the main course and everything else is just filler or fluff, which is not quite true. But I do believe that, um, you know, the erection, erectile capacity does influence this as we age. I remember when I first came to Barcelona and I was um, in early 20s and I was... Um, Sleeping, I started to stay, uh, date guys who were quite a lot older than me. And when I was ready for like round two, <laughs> they were not, they, we were, they were just like, that was it. There's just one, one, uh, one sexual encounter per day. And that was a big wake up call for me after I'd been with younger guys when I was living in Madrid. So as I think we have to ad adapt with age and something that I really love to explore as I age is also getting into sacred sexuality, different types of sexual expressions that aren't so focused on stimulation and orgasm. So for example, some tantric practices that I really enjoy is something called karetsa, which is all about 
just caressing the body without getting to a point of stimulation or orgasm and just really getting to explore the erogenous zones as well. I would highly, highly recommend that. And also exploring with things like massage, blindfold, even sex toys, not on the genitals, but all on other parts of the body as well. And yeah, so tantric practices just tend to work quite well when you are not in a rush and um, it can kind of become a ritualistic experience, which can actually be a lot more fun than that. It can be a lot more fun than those marathon sexual encounters of the younger years. It's all a question of adaptation and also exploring sensuality, which is a beautiful thing to explore. But I'm going to leave it at that today and we're going to go into much more detail now with our guest today when we'll be talking about aging erections and how important it is to track nocturnal erections for health. Would you like to supercharge your libido? If so, check out T-Drive from InnoSups. It can help you to supercharge testosterone, sex drive and muscle gain. The wonderful thing about InnoSups is that there are no artificial sweeteners, fillers or dodgy additives. It's made with good, clean ingredients. So if you're curious about naturally skyrocketing your testosterone levels, increasing your sperm count, as well as many more health benefits, head over to InnoSups.com. That's I-N-N-O-S-U-P-P-S.com. And use the code VENUS at checkout for 20% off any purchase. Check out the link in the show notes and enjoy that little extra oomph. Now it's time for this episode's interview. We'll be speaking with Dr. Elliot Justin, the founder of FirmTech, the first sex tech company dedicated to improving men's erectile fitness. Dr. Elliot Justin, welcome to the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast, where every day is a climax. Thank you so much for taking part in this interview today. I'm very happy to have you here. And for those who are unfamiliar with your work, could you tell us what you do? Yeah, I'm a CEO of, of FirmTech. And we have invented the world's first device for men to monitor objectively their sexual health. So in this age of healthcare wearables, we have smart watches and smart rings, and we can look at how many steps we took and how much, how well we're breathing if we're walking uphill. But there's a gap, which is sex. And that's a gap that, we, that we've addressed uh, for men. And we are researching a similar device for women, a wearable for sex. Amazing. I met you at Sex Tech Berlin a few weeks ago. And when I saw your presentation about age and erections, I knew I had to interview you. We had Susan Bratton on here um, maybe a year ago now, and she shared lots of tips about how to age orgasmically for women. So how does FirmTech work and how does it improve the male experience of aging as far as sex is concerned? Sure. Well, the numbers are are, are truly alarming. 50% of men by age 50 have ED. I'm 70. By my age, it's 70%. Uh, you talked about orgasm experience every day. You know, we doctors make recommendations about so many things: diet, compliance, medications, exercise habits. We don't make recommendations about sex. So, but it is really a use it or lose it. So, as a, uh, as a company and my team of, of academic neurologists, we recommend that men and women have sex at least twice a week, and it should not be a perfunctory three minute, three, four, five minute experience. It should be a 30 to 45 minute experience just for you, let alone the psychological benefits and, and pleasure, but to, for the physical benefits in order to maintain blood flow to everyone's favorite organ. But unfortunately, so many people are, are embarrassed to so acknowledge that. So what do we do? 
uh, basically, uh, about three years ago, I was challenged by a urology professor at the University of Utah to come up with a way of counting the number of nocturnal erections that men have. And my reaction to that was, what the fuck? Who cares? I mean, we all know about morning wood, but and, uh, and we poke up partners with it and we laugh about it. But what's the, what, what's the significance? And what I was unaware of, as are most, I am a doctor, as are most doctors, as are most people, is that the number of nocturnal erections is a leading indicator of a man's cardiovascular or cardiometabolic health. And it's probably the same thing if women with nocturnal chloral erections as well, too. No one's looked at since Madison Johnson. So if, if a man can track that number, it goes down. By leading indicator, we mean it's predictive. It's not an association, it's predictive. If that number goes down, then you have a cardiovascular, you're are much higher risk for a heart attack or a stroke or a clinically significant diabetes. But this doctor, like most urologists, straight urologists, does not into sex toys, uh, mm-hmm. and, and I am. So cock rings suck. They're uncomfortable. But my thought was, well, you know what? If we embed cock, uh, sensors into a smart cock ring and we change the form of a cock ring so it could be comfortable, one overnight and one during sex, we can not only count the number of nocturnal erections that are so important, but we can measure the duration of firmness of erections while men are having sex. Which is what, what do men care more about? Uh, how they're performing during sex or how many erections they had to, at night. So we, with that data, men can now measure the impact of diseases, medications, relationships, alcohol, recreational drugs, supplements upon their sexual health. And, if, and as Super Adam likes to say, if you can track it, you can hack it. Uh, and we want to hack human sexuality so people can enjoy a longer life of a longer and better life of lovemaking. We also want to inspire people to, to have better health because what motivates people more? Their sexual performance or how many steps they took yesterday. So that's what that's so that in essence is what we've done. We're providing people with data that is previously inaccessible. You couldn't even go to a doctor or a sleep lab and get this data. And now we hope to transform uh, not just urology and sexology we hope to transform men's, men's lives, improve their relationships, et cetera, with this data. So let's say the data is bad. What way does someone go from there? Well, that's been really interesting because what what can you do? So if, if your number of nocturnal erections is going down, uh, let's I'll, I'll pick on myself. I average uh, three to five nocturnal erections per night, uh, which is good. Do you know uh, what the average is by age or do you, do you have a lot? It's not. We have data that's going to be, some to published the American Urology Association uh, this spring. We have data that no, that no one else has. The data that's previously based upon, the three to five number is a healthy number, comes from uh, using a device called a Ridge Scan in the 1990s. They didn't study a lot of people, and the Ridge Scan looks like something Dr. Frankenstein would put in your penis. It has wires connected to a machine. It, you can't, it's only can count nocturnal erections and how long they last. It can't be wondering sex. You can't fuck with it. So they, they, we don't really, I, you know, and it's a great question for you because we don't really know what's normal. But we're assuming, urologists at least are assuming, that three to five is, is normal. Um, I know from our data that if men have sex before they go to bed, which is pretty common, either masturbation or sex with a partner, that number goes down. So mm-hmm. actually, that we need to, as, as we get more, we have like 1,400 men have used this device for data. If another seven eight thousand have used it for pleasure, a better a better cock ring. But with that data, we're gonna as as we as that data set increases and we have more and more men with diabetes or taking blood the big cock killers, men and women, big cock clitoris killers, mm-hmm. or blood pressure medications, 
and SRI depressants in women it's hormones. As we this this data set increases, we'll be able to to look at um, you know at, at woman X or man Y and say, gee, hey, you're 45 years old, you're diabetic. This is what's normal for your age, or your it's a, you know, or they could be you. They could be. This is what's normal for someone your age is taking these medications, and that's gonna that's gonna change human sexual human sexuality. It's also gonna change people's health overall because everything the penis, the clitoris, not everything, almost everything is about blood flow or neurological or nerve conduction. If things aren't working in the penis, or the clitoris, they're not working on the rest of the body. Wow, it's like interesting. So I think one of the most big, the biggest obstacles in aging uh, is willingness, and also people admitting that there's a problem. I can imagine this is very true, you know. So, what, do you have any advice to someone who has a partner who is just is in denial that there, there's a problem with um, ED? Yeah, that's, age? that's a real, that's a really interesting question because one, um, uh, it, it, it desire can fade for many reasons, mm-hmm. and it can range from. Uh, boredom mm. to medications to diseases so people need to people get their data they can t- start to suss out what the issue is so i'll take an extreme example if a man can't perform with a partner but he's having nocturnal erections at night there's an issue in that relationship and that's called psychogenic ed might be that and performance anxiety are probably two most common problems with you know with 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 men not um people also for, form quickly unfortunately fall out of the habit of making love and I wish that people would pursue it it would people who fire their desire is waning people would pursue it the way they pursue exercise so for example uh, if I wanted to be 10% stronger I could even at my age I could create an exercise program to accomplish that well if you want to if you want to enjoy sex more you need to plan for pleasure people mm-hmm. do more effectively but people I Actually, this issue often comes up at the gym I go to. I go, cause I'm, I'm here in Montana with a bunch of fit, fit young guys and me. And I hear about guys in their 30s, 20s even, who are having sex like with their wives or their partners, male partners, you know, like twice a month, three times a month. And they, and they say, oh, it's stress, it's, you know, work, it's this, that, or the other thing. It's really that they, they've lost confidence in making love with each other. If they would just take, it's very easy for people to go to the gym and to build up muscle. It's also relatively easy people to build up pleasure, but they need to commit to it the way they would they would they would they would to an exercise program. I mean, it, you just can't suddenly start picking up heavy weights. Nor can you suddenly, if you haven't been making love in a long time, just start making love you know, you know, several times a week. The most common male problem, confidence problem, though, is not that they can't get it up; it's that they lose an erection. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, doctors call it Venus leak syndrome, and they see it as kind of a surgical issue uh that men are born with this and, and men are some men are born with venous leak syndrome they can't hold blood in their penis but the but as we as we all get older men and women we all develop venous leak syndrome so for example if i sat in a plane for you know six hours my ankles will swell a little bit i could see the my socks might indent my ankles a little bit my wedding ring might get tight tight on my finger that's venous leak we have muscles around us all day around our small veins that pump the blood back to our heart and as we age, those muscles get weak, especially we don't use them. We can't mm-hmm. let them atrophy. Uh, but even, but you know, vessels get a little bit stiffer, so we get we get venous leak. Well, uh, a cock, effective cock ring that, that that's comfortable. We really we designed our rating out of a soft elastomer, not out of the hard silicone. These mm-hmm. the pinch constraints. We designed tried to design a ring that be comfortable, so men can 
once they get an erection, they don't lose it. It's a plumbing problem. Basically, by putting a cock ring on after a man gets erect, you um, you can sustain the erection even if even if people get distracted. So, and with our ring, I mean, it's changed our ring has changed my life. It's changed the lives of in fact of a lot of our customers in ways that I really had. I was interested in the data. I wasn't thinking about being this leak. I wasn't thinking about addressing this issue of, of the fading erection. But when I, but I, you know, I've, we've probably oh in the last month I've gotten six or seven emails from women talking about how they they can now have sex confidently with their men because their men aren't going to lose their erection. And they, so they could be lose erection from boredom. They could lose erection from because of taking a bit uh, a hypertensive medication, because of taking antidepressant. But once a man loses erection, it's often game over. It's like it's a it's a it's a it's a confidence killer. And the man that problem is obviously more obvious than in than it is in, in, in a woman. Uh, and so the ring, the ring is an effective ring that holds the blood in the penis. A game changer for a couple for a couple that are trying to uh, renew, if you will, as you said before, renew this you know renew their sex lives because they've kind of got that gotten out of it. But men need to know the data as well too. So. So, uh, if a man is suffering from fading desire, you really should find out what his testosterone is. Uh, there's a wide range of normal, uh, but if you're but when men start start to fall below 300, um, they could benefit from testosterone, uh, which can you know, which can also help helps the women too. Interesting. So, so this device is uh, when you're wearing it during sex, it tracks and it also enhances the experience. Is that correct? That's correct. It'll it'll uh, um, enhance. Would you like to see what my data looks like from last night? Oh yeah, <laughs> interesting. So how often do you it every night just to track? Or, I mean, uh, I I I use it. I track my data probably once a week. Um, I use I use the ring. My wife and I never use sex. We use cock rings, never pretty much because they're uncomfortable. Um, but but we use our ring all the time. Why? Because it makes my uh, it makes my wife more more confident. Uh, here, I'll show you. Let's see recordings. Wow. There we go. So if you look on the left. You get to bed early then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my wife and I having sex. Oh, wow. And, and you can see I had two orgasms. Uh-huh. Uh, we had we had sex for about an hour, which is what we like, and then during the night I had three more three more nocturnal erections, which is a sign of cardiovascular health, good cardiovascular health. Amazing. So, so is there any more advice that you would give? Do you think diet plays a role in them? Um, um, well, people drink too much. Yeah. You know, I, I, in, in general, um, I actually when you're with this device, I and other men, we can actually see at what point. There's a point for a man, true for a woman too, it's more obvious than men, where I can still get an erection, but I can't ejaculate, I can't have an orgasm, mm -hmm. and I can I can nail that point mm -hmm. um, with it with advice. And I actually, I, I, we've had several women suggest that we develop an app, really for women, so they can then tell their guy, hey, drinking. if you want, right, if you want, to, if you want to fuck tonight, we're, we're cutting you, you got to cut you, you got to cut you off, or hey, you know, it's our anniversary, and it ain't gonna happen if you keep on pounding down the cocktails because three's your limit because we know from the data. That you can't, that you can't come after that. If you have four, it's going to be flaccid. So, uh, it'd be like a little, you know, it would be like communicate with their with their smartwatch and like a, be like a little, you know, old buzz. I think the men would need a shock collar for that one though. But, uh, 
Uh, Imagine it's like yeah, half the drinks finished. And we... <laughs> that could be quite hard. So you, it's interesting how you talk about um, you recommend you know, having sex twice a week, you know, for the physical, at least. but at least. Um, but um, you know, in this, this in this podcast, we also uh, interview lots of people in the spiritual world. I mean, I'm quite into the spiritual spirituality, and it's interesting because um, there's also these theories about um, sex transmutation and uh, no fap. Whereas the urologist is having very, they have very different opinions about ejaculation whereas you know from a spiritual perspective people are talking about you know not ejaculating that's not very good for your prostate surely i don't think it's not it's not good for your prostate uh it's 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 an it's not i don't you know i this goes back to my mind to buddhism uh mm-hmm. and it goes back to to want to, to, to demonstrate that one is super, uh, also and in the western world it goes back to stoicism this goes back to the notion that we we need to demonstrate that we are superior to pleasure that we mm-hmm. be, we don't we're not going to be vulnerable because pleasure leaves us vulnerable to pain, and you have that thread in East, both Eastern philosophy and Western philosophy and Stoicism and and and, and Buddhism. Uh, I don't I, I I I think it's wrong. I I think that there, I I'm I mean you talked about spirituality. Personally, I worship Aphrodite, mm-hmm. uh, which why it's appropriate that your name is Venus. I, I mean, <laughs> if there's a for, if there's a force that drives spirituality for most people it's love mm. and we don't pay i mean every time i admire a beautiful woman every time you woman as beautiful as you puts on makeup we are both of us paying homage to aphrodite without recognizing her and i you know i thank i'm not uh i thank aphrodite every day because i think it was probably I, this is going to this will sound out there to you maybe i maybe uh, but I feel that it's providential this came to me. Why? Because the doctor that had been working on this, Dr. Otaling, he worked on it for 11 years without bringing, you know, being able to bring this device to the point could be used for research or, or, or commercialization. I think that the development of this device took someone who uh, was really was related to sex, knew about sex toys, and was also a doctor and also performed research. Uh, in order to have both the knowledge, the passion, and pull, pull, pull us together. My wife and I, she's in business, we, we look at each other every day and think, no one else thinking about this? In this age of healthcare wearables, no one was thinking about a wearable for sex. Not a wearable for to measure for, for fertility or for menstruation, or, um, you know, but, a wear, but a wear, or on the other side, a wearable for just sort of, play, you know, we're a novelty wearable. You know, we each can stimulate each other at you know remotely at, at a distance or virtual reality. Not you know, um, we're gonna have some players virtual, but a, a novel, but a, a consumer wellness product that's focused on delivering vital data to people through the for everyone's most vital organs. As I said, as I, you know, as I said to you earlier, why did why how did this come? Why, why is it me? Uh, I, I think it's Aphrodite. Okay, great. We love it. We love it. Because <laughs> I think uh, also in the, from what I see from the no fat movement and all the kind of sex transmutation, I think people equate, let's say, masturbation with watching porn, which obviously can have some negative effects on, on sexuality. But I think you can have masturbation without that, which leads me to my next question about PIED, um, porn-induced erectile dysfunction. I've heard that's the most common type of um, erectile dysfunction. It's also affecting very young people just from Overconsumption and intense consumption. Does your device with your device help those people as well? I don't actually think that's. I mean, I'd like to see that quantified. 
because I think performance anxiety and medication induced um, erectile dysfunction are are actually much larger than that. I don't, mm. you know, when I've so with this business, um, I've probably spoken to seventy or eighty of our you know customers, a thousand customers, but I've at least spoken. But people, the men who reach out to me, that before they buy the product or after they buy the product, they want they want to le- want to learn more. That's none of their issues. Not a, sim- okay. not a single one of them. And, and one of the things that men complain about women is, what about Shopify or shopping rather induced sexual dysfunction of women? Because you know, people like to joke that you know that the web was built on porn, mm-hmm. and maybe it was, but the web today exists on shopping, and women are responsible for eighty five percent of purchases mm-hmm. online. So is this shopping thing, is shopping, access to shopping, dangerous to women's sexuality and therefore impacting men's sexuality? I don't know. I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm really reluctant to, to blame porn. I think that for, I think that for most people, uh, porn enhances their interest in sex or it's an escape from, from, unsatis- from their loneliness or, uns- or an unsatisfactory relationship. I think for, I, I would suspect that the, more people are benefiting from porn than are suffering from it. I'm certain though that there are people suffering from porn, but I don't. I only read about them. I don't see them either in my medical practice or or in this or in this business. Okay, because I guess it's um, I guess in that case, it's not really a cardiovascular issue. It's more psychological. Yeah. Well, it's. I mean, how? Um, I'm certain that there is that there's that there are men who. Are just or who are addicted to porn. I don't question that. Mm. Uh, I don't think that's the major problem between men and women today. I do think I do think the web is a big problem. Social media is a big problem between men and women today. I think the people are losing the ability to speak with each other, to flirt with each other. Um, and I think your point that you alluded to earlier about masturbation without porn is well taken. Mm. Uh, I think that's actually an intre- that's a good practice, um, and. And one that I personally practice as well too, because I think it's it's it uh, forces us to to develop our imagination. It also takes us to our partners. We fantasize about our partners then, as opposed to you know um, some uh, you know <laughs> someone else on Pornhub or XNXX. Yeah, because what I've seen from people who are doing no fap that they're not masturbating because of porn, not because of masturbation. So you know you know what I mean. It's, it's they 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 kind of, kind of separate the two, which. Um... Which is a pity, I think. So, what what advice would you give to someone who is um, who is worried about the aging process and sexuality? Because I mean, a lot of people think it's going to be all over. I mean, even you know. Well, I, I've got I've got people in their seventies who are using our devices. It's not all, and these are people with significant disease. These these people are covered from prostate prostate surgery. Uh, people taking multiple medications. It's a really question of will. If you want to have sex, then do it. You've got a plan for pleasure. But what should people do? People aging, well, I'm confident that our device will become a standard of care in the future. People are going to, we call it the erectile fitness score. People are going to want to know their score because once you have your score, you can then say, is this antihypertensive dose, antihypertensive blood pressure medication working for me or not working? Can I decrease the dose and see what happens to my score? Uh, I, I'm now going to, I'm going to comply with my diabetes regimen. It's gonna, I'm, I'm going to see this positive impact upon my, my, my nocturnal erections. Uh, this SSR, I don't think anyone should take an SSR antidepressant. <laughs> They're bad for both men and women, I, and, and they might help people for a few months, but they are uh, they turn they they really dial back people's sexuality in mm-hmm. ways that, to my mind, are harmful to people's overall overall happiness. 
Uh, people need to lose weight. I mean, obesity is, it, it's just, it interferes both psychologically and physically with sexual performance. So people, people need to establish a baseline. If you or I went to a doctor right now, anyone over the age of, well, I'll pick it myself. If any man went, went to a doctor right now over the age of 40, and that, and that doctor said, you know what, I'm not going to do electrocardiogram. I'm not going to do any blood tests. I'm just going to listen to your heart, the stethoscope, and tap on your lung and, you're, and say you're okay. We think, what the fuck is 1880? We expect data, and we now have data for our sexuality. We establish a baseline, and then as we monitor for deviations of the baseline, we can then react appropriately. I think a lot of men are going to find out with our technology that they that they if they do have ED, they can improve it. If they don't have ED, they can they can they can avoid it. I've used it myself. I, I've used it to stop taking a blood a blood pressure medication that was making my my erections fifteen percent less hard. Well, I, I you know I was unaware that there was like that, but the, but devices tell was device learning me to, that there was a problem. I have uh, I drink less. Okay. Because I see that I act, because I because I drink a lot, my my number of nocturnal erections goes down. So why would I want that? Why well, want have I want the blood flow going to my penis at night? That's the body's way of providing perfusion to the penis and the clitoris. Because from the body's perspective, they're not that, these organs aren't that important, especially if you're not not of breeding age. Mm-hmm. So you know, with, the body sends sends blood to more important areas, but at night it, it perfuses these areas and, get, and gives us these nocturnal erections that both men and women have. So get data, eat, you know, avoid diabetes, lose weight, don't drink, drink or take drugs to excess, and, ha- and have sex more. Don't get out of the habit of having sex. That's great advice. Um, so do you, what you, said, you said plan for pleasure a few times. Um, do, do you recommend scheduling sex like you would a workout? <laughs> if, 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 that's, if that's what it takes, I do. <laughs> uh, and I've, I've had a couple of couple of couples, uh, you know, you know, you know, thank me for because for some people that's what it takes. P- if, you know, people they have these diets they're complying with, they have their exercise regimen, we'll just add sex into it, and that's where actually finding actually porn can become valuable in communicating between people because if people share their favorite porn, men, 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 women, they they share their favorite porn, they get a sense of what you know what the you know what their partners are fantasizing about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, I, um, you know, one th- one thing that my wife and I do is just, just sort of commit. We we work a lot, but we commit. Just you know, I'll, I'll tell her in the morning, take out two sex toys you want to play with tonight, or she'll tell me, uh, tell me what you know, send me send me porn send me porn video. Of course, she doesn't like looking at long things. She say, just send me the tell tell me what you want. Tell me, give me the five or ten minutes that you felt that, that most most turned on for you, and then we both and, and so that's so it's. it's and that way, there's an anticip- anticipation, to, you know, throughout the day, uh, that something, something, good, something fun is going to and and connecting is going to happen that evening. That's great, yeah, connecting and then just see what happens from there, rather than planning everything. So tell us what you're working on. So you're working on the device for women. So tell us more about that. Yes, um, where no one has studied clitoral, nocturnal clitoral erections of women since Master Johnson, and they were. Waking women up every hour and just t- taking a look and, and doing visual or physical or physical measure, you know, measurements. Uh, our thesis is, is that, uh, given the analogy between the, the penis and the clitoris, uh, that women have, we know that women have nocturnal erections; they lubricate at night. Uh, that 
we we want to establish well, what's the baseline, what's normal for for someone to be in Sahara's age, what's normal for someone who's twenty years old, what's normal for someone who's woman who's my age, and utilizing that information, uh, women can then measure the impact of diseases, medications, diet, exercise, supplements, etc., upon their sexual health. And women have you know more issues than men do in that. Uh, women postmenopausal women lose their hormonal protection against diabetes, high blood pressure, or atherosclerosis. Premenopausal women take SSRI depressants like five times full as much as much as men do, and women take premen and they take hormones. Uh, oh, both these things are are you alter a woman's libido, uh, and utilizing data, women can then say, "Oh my God, this birth control is killing my killing my clit," or this SSRI depressant is 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 making it harder for me to, for me to climax. People can cut back on the dosages. They can per- all this data is personal too, personal lies in the sense that. You know, we doctors are assholes. We treat people as if they're all the same, regardless of their gender, their weight, other you know medications they're taking, other factors in, in their lives. So, a blood pressure medicine or an antidepressant might affect one woman or differently than, than another woman. With personalized data, women can can start to measure the impact of those things. So what does this device look like? I'm curious about how. Sure. Measure we've tested on we've tested on 38 women. Mm-hmm. And there was just a paper presented at abstract presented at SM Society for Sexual Medicine show, and we're going to be in Dubai two weeks from now. I think that's Society for Sexual Medicine show. There's going to be another paper presented about the device. Uh, right now, it's, a pro- it's in a prototype phase, but the ultimate form factor will will basically have um, sensors that are over the clitoris. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll add a vibrator as well too. But sensors over the clitoris measure pulse amplitude, mm-hmm. tissue oxygenation. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry, they're not going to. Get it now? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, um, the measure tissue oxygenation because as the clitoris gets aroused, the oxygen content goes goes up. Uh, same thing happens to the penis. And uh, inside the vagina, there'll be an accelerometer, probably a pressure sensor, so we can measure. People can see his muscle contractions before and after orgasm. I'm much less interested in the in the, those contractions, though. I'm interested in clitoral health. Right now, there is no device that can be used in at home in privacy other than our prototype to test clitoral health. Uh, and this is going to revel, I believe this, this will revolutionize gynecology and sexology here for women. They will now have data where there's just opinions. That's amazing. Cause this, I'm amazed by how the lack of knowledge of sex toys and, and stuff with the uh, gynecologists and, you know, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, um, <laughs> I've never, I, you know, my wife, my daughter, uh, my marketing woman is here right now. Um, probably you two. They, they've never had had a doctor initiate a conversation with them mm. about sex, mm. even when they're even when the issue was birth control. I, and by sex, I mean how's your love life? Yeah, it's hard for you. Have, is it hard to have a climax? You having issues? You know, that never comes up, almost ever. And then people bring it up. Like, gee, I'm taking this. Actually, started me on this antidepressant, and I've noticed the following change. And then they'll just wreck another, recommend another antidepressant, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and they'll say, "Well, I heard that this one has less of an impact." Well, you heard it's just a fucking opinion. It's an it's an anecdote. Mm-hmm. We don't. The doctors don't really know which antidepressant is better for a woman's sexual performance and which is which are worse. That that data is just based upon subject subjectivity. This our device is going to make it objective. And it's also going to be personal, individualized. 
sounds very intriguing. Many years ago, about 10 years ago, I took part in a, I masturbated for a team of scientists in the University of Barcelona and they were measuring my oxygen and something of blood pressure and heart rate, like three things. And it was so interesting to see the data. And sure. This was just before the Masters of Sex series. So it's incredible. So if you need, if you need anyone else, uh, I, I'm lo I love all that kind of thing. Sure. Well, this, this would be different because we'd, we'd be measuring what's going on in your clitoris. So okay. instead of it being what's going on in your heart, yeah. in your lungs, we're measuring the oxygenation of the clitoris with arousal. With arousal, we're going to be measuring the pulse change, pulse amplitude changes in the, in the clitoris. Uh, it's really, it's fascinating. We're about to, that we're adding pulse oximetry to that prototype imminently. I mean, by, by the, and actually I will say, we will, I will include you in the test next round test group, which will probably be in February. Because mm -hmm. we're going to, we're going to add pulse oximetry to uh, the device. And then we will, we're going to, we're going to, Again, we're going to screen a bunch of women, very you know, varying ages, varying you know, you know, med you know medical conditions, and I, I welcome your participation in the project. I would love that because I've um, tested eight hundred toys. I'm really into discovering about sexuality, and also one one of the devices I absolutely loved was this um, this thing called Perifit. It's something you wear inside the vagina, and you play video games for your for your um, pelvic floor. So you're playing like angry birds and squeezing and killing birds. <laughs> and, and, and what I loved about it, so I'm not really into video games at all, but the biofeedback, people love bi biofeedback. People want to know, want to see progress and see how they are. People like to see data to see where they're at. And, and also I'm just very interested in sexuality and, and being a subject. You know, seeing masses of sex was something that inspired me a lot. And also I was inspired by this because um, many years ago, I saw this documentary about this couple who were, having sex in an MRI scanner and and they're all like having this wild sex and then there's all these doctors outside like or scientists in white coats in silence just looking at brain scans and the kind of the the the, 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 the contrast between the formal and the wild is something that really intrigues me a lot so I was like I want sure. to do that so I, I met a scientist and I said can you measure my orgasm and then I just said it with you know with a few glasses of wine and uh, six months later he says yes I'm doing a tv pilot I'll come to you can, I've, got, I've got the laboratory. So I was like, it's opened the whole game, um, this this whole new world to me. So I'm really interested in, uh, in, in this. Well, we, you know, we, we're, we are interested, but in, in, in pubic seizures, muscle contractions inside of the vagina, mm -hmm. but that's, and that's a part of, of female sexuality, plus part of male sexuality as well too. But we're much more interested that those, those are, Scales with skeletal muscles. Skeletal muscles are muscles that we, that we can control. I, you know, I can sit here and I can clench, clench my, my rectum. I can make my beat, make, make my penis sweat twitch. And you can do the same thing with your vagina and your and your, and your rectum. You know, right now just by squeezing the muscles. Mm -hmm. But that is a, that's only a small part of your sexual perform your sexual your sexual pleasure, if you will, mm -hmm. because it's about smooth muscle. The mm -hmm. clitoris is engorged by smooth muscle. Uh, the penis is engorged and blood is held in place by, by smooth muscle. Uh, and that's different. That's a muscle that you have that you exercise by having sex and having an orgasm, not by uh, strengthening your you know, strengthening your your muscle you know with with, key, with your skeletal muscles with heels. Mm. Uh, by the way, I, I learned a really interesting fact. I don't know if we talked about this at, in Berlin. I learned recently that vaginal secretions are not predominantly mucus; they are blood product. They are serum. Did you know this? No, interesting. So, I mean, 
So again, this is you know we now understand so much more about the about the ways in which the, the penis and the clitoris are are analogous, and, and actually, you know, the penis is actually an inverted vagina with with a clitoris and the way it says that embryology. So as the penis engorges, this epidermis, like skin, the skin around the penis, that really that is part of what holds the blood in place. It's not just a smooth muscle holds the blood in place. Your penis doesn't explode. The penis doesn't explode because it has it has it has epidermis. As the, the clitoris expands, and most of the clitoris is internal, as you know, uh, there's no epidermis around the in, internal clitoris. So where does the blood go? So it's a transudate, like serum, like if you have, you know. So it's uh, hold on. Sorry about that. Um, it's it's held. It ex- exudes into the vagina. So wow. the blood cells, the blood products, white cells, red cells, plates, they're, they're held back, but the serum exudes, uh, mix, and there's a little bit of vaginal mucosal t- um, um, cells, and there's a little bit of, uh, well, on the urethra, there are some other cells that, pro- pro- like, that's what the G-spot's about, but, they, but, but that produce some um, ejaculate, if you will, but kind of mucus-like ejaculate, but the majority of it is, is transudate. That's very interesting because um, what has um, been very curious for me in my in my in this job that I've been doing for fourteen years now is I, I don't understand why so many young healthy people need lubricant because I I, don't, I never use lubricant I don't need it it's it's just like something that um like I'm 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 assuming my cardiovascular health is quite good also I don't eat meat or I don't drink I don't smoke but um, I've never had any issues with needing needing lubricant and I think a lot of um, young people I mean a lot of people ask me about lubricant um tips and i'm like i don't know well but, for, for women the, my, the my problem, blood is flowing <laughs> yeah. the, the problem is they're taking medications many of them take medications with the ssris uh and the uh and, and hormones in it's deal with natural natural lubrication wow so at, and, and then as women age they're uh they get diabetes or high blood pressure atherosclerosis like men the blood, the blood flow to the clitoris decreases, so they lubricate less, because the lubricant is coming from the clitoris; it's not coming from the vagina. And I, there's so much more research that needs to be. There are only like two or three papers that I could, I could find about this, about the nature of, of vaginal, you know, vaginal secretions. So a lot, a lot means them. means you're kind of in good health, I would assume. Correct, you got it. You're in good cardiovascular health. You're not diabetic. Blood, the blood, the blood, the blood is flowing, and that's probably you. You, um, you have a good diet. You know, I've not, I'm not taking any medications, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, medications that would at least certainly would interfere. Uh, with zero that. medication, so yeah, yeah. it's all no. Right. And I certainly, I just want know from talking to my daughter that when she stopped taking birth control, uh, and other women that age I've spoken to, that that, that the lubrication changes. And they often sometimes they attribute that oh well I'm with a guy I like more no oh, yeah, yeah. that's probably that's probably that's probably not it it's it's, it's probably it's probably a medication issue interesting so um so you have let's say one product for men and one for women um, in development you have we have several yeah we have three products for men so we have we have you know the, the tech ring which is this and then we have um, thought occurred we have rings without technology mm-hmm. that will both the advantage of these rings is that. They don't pinch that. You can put them. Men can wear them for hours. Mm-hmm. They don't block the arterial flow into the penis. They only constrain the venous return. So, for a lot of men, that's a big issue. If a man lacks confidence or is taking medication that interferes with with sexual performance, has performance anxiety, you want something that that he can put on discreetly. 
he does not say, oh, I finally got an erection. Where's my cock ring? And, you know, now I got to snap this, snap this thing around. Uh, and the latest ring, this we call a Max PR, which is this product here, this was specifically designed to increase, to make a man's orgasm more intense. Mm. So uh, that's, you know, women have vibrators, men have shit. We have these stupid strokers that are like, I can beat someone to death with them. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, God knows, I don't know why there's not an improvement on, on other uh, men's or women's fingers ever. Uh, so I'm certain that Aphrodite sees a stroker and she laughs. So the, I uh, think this, I, what I want to do is increase the man's ejaculatory phase by 50%. So, uh, we tested it on six men from the ages of 27 to 70, uh, uh and we hit greater than 50% increase in the ejaculatory phase. We said, okay, that, that's the combination. That's the, the elastomer con that we're going to, we're going to use in this. So I don't have sex without this now. Why wouldn't I? My, my orgasms are more intense. And my wife said she's glad the kids are out of the house because I'm just too loud now. So <laughs> That's amazing. And she likes it too. She likes it that I'm loud. So, you know, it's, so it's fun for her. So I, we, if, if someone's going to get a product to improve, to improve their sexual performance and they don't want the data, then Max PR is a product to get. So we have three products for men. The max PR, the, the performance ring is really for men who have a larger penis or want, don't want a cock ring that's, so, that's particularly tight. And we have the tech ring. Uh, for women, we have a product that we're working on right now, which is called the Duet, which I can show you a prototype here. Wow. It's, oh, wow. it's a vibrator. It can slide on and off of our rings. I really, you know, the, the vibrators for partner sex suck. It was like the Tenuto and the, and the Tortu and Lilo and... Uh, they, they're they coated with hard silicone. They're uncomfortable. They're, they're too big. They um, part, part of the problem is, and I'd like your opinion, I'd like your opinion too, but women are, women are not looking for uh, 50 different vibratory variations, um, especially if you're having partner sex because you, either you're working remote and you're distracted from your partner or you, or you have to reach down and, pre and press buttons that might not be in the exact location where you thought and you got lube in your fingers, et cetera. So, um, by we have basically we test we our goal was to um, get the right amplitude and frequency of, of vibrations uh, of the most popular vibrators. And once we achieve that, just to have three speeds, um, have a very easy very easy fan control. Uh, and this has been tested on twelve partners, and people people enjoy it. Um, so that we'll, it could be, we'll be coming out with that product in the spring, late spring. Uh, and the female, the clitoral tracker of tracker of, of, of um, clitoral health, that's really a question of money. So I'm, I'm, uh, I need to raise money for that. I need, I need to raise $1.5 million. We figured it out. It's ready, it's ready to go. Uh, and we're looking for funding for that right now. Amazing. And, um, one thing I've about cock rings, I'm going to ask you a couple of quick questions. I think the problem is, cause we you know, let's say, here's one. Um, the problem is when you're doing this in and out, the, the, the um the stim the stimulation is not constant, whereas the the woman kind of needs constant stimulation on the clitoris, whereas the man wants to thrust right. really work for that reason. That's why it's better if the woman's on top. Yeah, I don't think it's a soft play. There's a lot of things you can do with cock rings. I mean, that are not as they as they intended. You know, you can use them on the off. Well, that, that particular cock ring that you just showed me it looks like looks like the uh, the tour little tour two, or maybe squeeze vibes. You know, for a version of oh, it's that one. Okay, got that one. Yeah. That one is, that's a big box for the clitoris. 
but my, you know, my wife would call it the landing pad. That's, mm-hmm. in le- that's in your left hand right now. It's big. It's about, and it's covered with silicone. This one's covered with a soft elastomer. So it's, okay. it's, it's more clitoris friendly than, than hard silicone. And, uh, this, with this one, a, a woman, if can, can put a, could slip a finger in it and maintain, you know, clit- clitoral contact, you know, you, you know, comfortably. It's hard to come up with a device that works that works for you know for two people though. Um, but okay. you know, we our customers put so to speak demanded this. We got to have a clitoral vibrator that can ta- attach to that. Uh, that one you have is is I, I've played with. What do you think of it? I mean, I, I well, I actually I designed it because I I've worked for oh. many years as a designer. So this is what was this my idea because one of my observations of, of uh, cock rings is that they don't stretch enough. Because all girths are different. That's the one big problem I think with yes. sex toys is that they don't adhere to different sizes, and size matters in in male sex toys. So the the the, the thing was to actually because I worked with Satisfyer for a couple of years as a product inspiration person. Because I've, I've I've tested eight. I have a whole spare room with eight hundred toys from the last ten nice. years. So I like, I do I do um uh, product development with with different companies. So. Uh, so the idea was to kind of focus on that I you know about about the girth and being manageable. However, it right. did slip off a little bit. So, um, but I, I found out I found different ways of using it. For example, you can use it. Let's say the penis is here and the balls are here, and you can use it for soft play, and you could kind of like right. the guy and grind on Got it. it. So there, for me, I, I think cochrane's are very versatile, but not in the way they're intended. I, I never use them. On on the on the penis in in the way they are designed, I think they're I think they're more like for finger vibrators or, you know, that there's other things you can do with them. So I, I like the well, kind of bigger size because it's it got bigger motor because usually they're quite small and buzzy. So, sure. Well, there's well that one by the way that one I've never tried. I think when you first showed, it, I thought it was Lilo's tour, you know tour too. Yeah. Hey, mail me that one. I'll try it out. <laughs> it might be fun, but uh, they just I don't. There's something. You know, again with cock rings, I don't think people have really thought about the cock. About, about the cock, you got it. <laughs> yeah. exactly right. How do you make a man's orgasm more intense? Mm-hmm. And and that's that's actually over the that that actually involves putting the putting the right my mind putting my right amount of pressure over the urethra. Vibrations work with men, but no one has really thought about how do we get the right vibrations for the most sensitive part of the penis, which is the head of the penis. What do men really want or, or need at, at that spot? Um, so. And and then people need to experiment with other positions, like camel, you know, like um, you know, camel tail sex. To be if a woman's on top and and, and we work and is fucking a man with just her labia and her clit. Well, then the clit, then the only part of the male anatomy that's protruding from the woman is, is is the head, of the penis. Men and women in that position, in my personal experience, can share a vibrator effectively. Uh, whereas in other t- in other circumstances, to your point, the vibrator for the man is really about secondary stimulation. It's nice, but it's not necessarily orga- orgasmic, you know, you know, stimulation. We're speaking about cock rings. With this cock ring, a man drops his balls in, they wraps around the balls. You know, the balls are in one loop, the penis is the other loop. My wife calls it a bra for balls. What I wanted to do was comfortably put more blood into the, te- the, the testicular sac because the testicular sac is a sensitive area. It's not an orgasmic area, but it's a sensitive area. And by holding more blood in it comfortably, uh, we then accomplish two things. One, we make make it more sensitive. But we also hold the balls in a consistent location. So what does a man want from his partner with balls during sex? Well, he wants to be what they both want. They want to be in a position where they're they're there. What happens with balls during sex? They're up, they're down, they're either there, they disappear. 
if 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 the balls are being held in place, then they can be caressed, lapped, tied up, whatever it is people people <laughs> want to do in order to have more pleasure, because they're or, or guided so that a woman can control a man, you know a man's thrusting, but but they but they're in a consistent they're in a consistent location, and the ring just around the top of the cock does does accomplish that. That ring leads the balls in isolation, uh, and. And they, again, they're up, they're down, they're here, there, and they can, that can actually be get to be uncomfortable because the larger the the the, the if you will the box contained the, the the battery, the vibrator, et cetera, the larger that is, the more it bangs against the te- bangs against the testicles and can actually uh, you know be annoying. Um, yeah, yeah, interesting. So, a couple of quick questions for you: What's the book that changed your life? My uncle Oswald. By Roald Dahl. So we think about Roald Dahl as a children's author. Uh-huh. My, uncle's, my uncle Oswald is a uh, high Victorian, sex-focused caprice. Oh, wow. you know, it's very, it's very easy to write. It's one, well, but it's, it's hard to write a great novel. It's even harder to write to write a great novel that's funny. Mm-hmm. So I recommend to you and your listeners take a look at my uncle Oswald, uh, and by, by Roald Dahl, uh, and. And you, you, you... <laughs> he was my favorite author as a child. I absolutely loved um, the imagination he had. You know, with um, well, think just... about a risk. Mm-hmm. Think about a risk. This think about a risque novel. I really don't want to give away the premise. Okay. Because but, but you read like the first fifteen and twenty pages. Him as a children's author to do that as well. Well, he wrote. He wrote. He wrote for adults as well too. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. So the book is funny. It's slightly, it's slightly pornographic in ways that um, that are, you know, well done. Uh, and I, that book, I would say, it certainly inspired a lot of what, what I'm doing right now. Amazing. things definitely changed your life then. <laughs> so I, I think I know the answers to the, to the next question because I saw it on your T-shirt. I ask everyone this question. What is the phrase, affirmation, or quote that you live by? <laughs> <laughs> well, you did see the T-shirt. So, I mean, the French philosopher Descartes said, Cogito ego sum, I think, therefore I am. We say, erectus ego sum, I erect, therefore I am. I think that's true, not just for men, but true for women as well. Okay, cool. I love it. I love it. So thank you so much for joining us on the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast, where every day is a climax more than twice a week. (laughs) Every day. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks for the opportunity. Book I'm reading now is B. A No Bullshit Guide to Increasing Your Self-Worth and Net Worth by Simply Being Yourself. This is by Jessica Zoeg. I hope I've pronounced that correctly. I'm very interested in personal brand. I confess that I wasn't really business savvy when I started this journey of being a content creator 15 years ago. For me, it was just about creating a job for myself and getting paid to write but as the years have gone by, I have realized that I can I can actually apply a lot more seriousness to what I'm doing. And I think some of my limiting beliefs about art um, being a business have come from myself rather than outside myself, because I really do. We're, we're in the creator economy now, so there's never been a better time to be a content creator. And also, I'm experimenting with different mediums, such as this podcast. I'm also writing. I'm writing my fourth book now. And I have a YouTube channel. So there are many ways that I can actually um, share my message with the world. But I never really thought about it um, in terms of creating 
a type of, let's say, framework around my ideas. It's all been about whatever comes to mind, whatever I'm getting sponsored and just sharing part of me. Whereas now I'm starting to think of it in a much more mindful and intentional way. And that's why I wanted to get a bit more clued up about the concept of personal brand. So I was looking on Amazon to find personal brand books that had good reviews, but also something that was quite recent. That's why I chose this book, because obviously um, content creation has changed a lot in the last 10 years or even five years. So this this book is, is pretty recent. And it's really, it's a bright yellow book and it's it just seems very inviting. I got the hardback, which is just always a bit more luxurious as well. And it's very, um, it draws you right in. And at first, um, the author talks about a time when she, I think, was in debt and she couldn't afford to pay her phone bill. And then how she rose from that situation to creating this very successful personal brand agency. And I think it's always interesting to know um, how much of your personal story and your struggle to share and your own evolution in, in, in order to inspire others. And that's something that's that's quite well done in this book. It really draws you in, but it also in, um, it, it teaches you how to, let's say, list, make a list of topics that you want to talk about. And then you can analyze which ones are sacred and private and which ones you really want to keep sharing over and over and having some some kind of strategy behind it and some kind of intention. It's not just about sharing everything because that would make you like a reality star, which is not something that I really want to do at all. And some for some people, the concept of personal brand can be quite daunting because they don't really want to share too much of themselves with the world. And some people are very private. I'm actually very private. It might not seem that way, but I really do um, honor my own private life. I never speak about my private life in real time, but I'm very willing to share things about my lifestyle, which is actually the uh, the um, in the um, inspiration behind this podcast, actually, because I've been um, in the sexual wellness space now since 2009. And I realized that I wanted to share much more with the world than my vision of sexuality, which goes way beyond sex tips. I, th- I think sexuality is one of the most beautiful things that we can share with someone else, with ourselves and with the divine. Well, ever since I became spiritual, I see it as a divine act as well. But um, beyond that, I'm also passionate about encouraging others to um, to actually prioritize self-love and self-care. It's, I would call it holistic self-love and sexuality is a part of that. So is eating eating good foods and um, having massages, sobriety, meditation, reading, always learning and um, just having some integrity and, and joy in your life. And, and what really um, brought me on this or inspired me to start sharing this was the fact that I, I don't actually use an alarm in the morning. And I think that's probably... The biggest uh, secret, well, it's not really a secret, I tell everyone about it, to my vitality. I have so much more energy now than I did 20 years ago. And I'm very keen to share these things in a way that's not random, a bit more intentional, as, as I mentioned. So that's what's behind my interest of this subject um, of, of personal brand. And I've actually interviewed a, um, a personal brand expert this just this week. And I find it really exciting to have your philosophy um, become content and to become work. I, I find that is so interesting. And there are many different personal brand models out there. Content creation is just one of them. But um, I just love the idea of um, sharing my knowledge with others um, in courses 
also with articles and just content in general and with the with the objective of actually making other people feel good and I always get some uh, every week I'm getting amazing comments on my on my YouTube channel on my meditation uh, profile on Insight Timer where you can find my meditations uh, people who are sharing with me how much it's impacted them and that's really for me very very encouraging so I want to kind of reach more people and and do it in a more business savvy way and know kind of where those lines are about what I'm sharing and what's private and sacred to me as well. So yeah, so um, this book has got some very short um, and inviting chapters and each chapter ends with a little exercise which is very thought provoking and it really allows you to order your thoughts and opinions about things and maybe create this strategy. I'm just about under halfway in at the moment and there is a workbook and I'm thinking, I was thinking if I like this book, I will probably get the workbook as well. I think I will because it's not about just reading a book. It's about applying the lessons um, to your life. And that's exactly what I want to do with this. So that's one of one of my projects this year. I've never actually in January made a kind of annual forecast or um, objectives. And I have this year with uh, with personal brand and so I'm going to get as as savvy about the topic as I can. So hopefully as the year unfolds, I will find some more books as well. And I'll hopefully make some, a lot of growth in this area of, of personal brand. But it's, I think it's, um, it's really interesting to actually create something yourself. And that is, that is part of you. It's like my baby. So I'm hoping to watch it grow quite a lot this year. So that is it. That is Be a No Bullshit Guide to Increasing Your Self-Worth and Net Worth by Simply Being Yourself. And just one more thing I want to add about this. I think for me, I kind of feel that I need some type of unblocking in order to share my full potential with the world. And I know I have a good, I really have faith in my message, but I I question sometimes my delivery and how how effective it is. And that's um, my hope is to become more effective with the delivery of my message, which I do believe is a good one. It's about um, people prioritizing their own self-love and um, that will improve your life and the life of those around you. Now it's time to slow things down as we prepare for this episode's guided affirmations meditation. It's probably not a good idea to listen to this while driving or operating machinery. Instead, take a break from whatever you're doing, get comfortable, take a deep breath and enjoy. and 
Would you like to supercharge your libido? If so, check out T-Drive from InnoSups. It can help you to supercharge testosterone, sex drive, and muscle gain. The wonderful thing about InnoSups is that there are no artificial sweeteners, fillers, or dodgy additives. It's made with good, clean ingredients. So if you're curious about naturally skyrocketing your testosterone levels, increasing your sperm count, as well as many more health benefits, head over to InnoSups.com. That's I-N-N-O-S-U-P-P-S.com. And use the code VENUS at checkout for 20% off any purchase. Check out the link in the show notes and enjoy that little extra oomph. find out more about me and my orgasmic lifestyle, visit venusohara.org or follow me on Instagram at instagram.com slash venusohara. Make sure to search for the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast by Venus O'Hara in Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts or anywhere else podcasts are found. Make sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening. Have an orgasmic week and make sure every day is a climax.